Come on. Paul, are you ready? I'm ready. I like it. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Lifeblood Engage. This is George G. Our guest today is strong and powerful Paul Cope. He is a problem solver, a coach, an author, an entrepreneur, a former lawyer. He is helping people to solve and get to the root cause of any problem in life. His newest book is How to Solve Any Problem in Life. I'm excited to have you on. Paul, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Thanks for having me, George. So, the, the brief background for me is I um, basically spent my entire life from when I was a little boy. I was one of those annoying kids in school who always knew what they wanted to do. <laughs> and so from, from when I was three years old, I used to tell everyone I wanted to be a lawyer and went right the way through life, went to university, law school, became a lawyer. And through it all, there were some different places where I lost a bit of faith and wasn't quite sure and was convinced it was the right thing to do. And did everything we were told to do, basically, in our lives, did, did all of the box ticking exercises, became a lawyer, worked for big corporate law firms, very successful, started my own law firm when I was 29, which I grew and was very successful, married a beautiful woman, owned multiple properties, drove a fast car. And it got to a point in my mid-30s where I was depressed, uh, depressed, suicidal, wanted to end it all. I always say to people that the at the point when my mum and dad would have been at their most proud of me and talking to their friends about me and everyone was there. Paul is the is like the pin-up boy of what everybody should aspire to be. That was when I was at my most depressed. I'm literally sitting in my beautiful city centre office thinking about how I could end my own life. And I just got to a point where I was like, there's got to be more to life than this. So I, I ripped it all down. I was having problems in my business, with money, with in my relationship with my wife, with health all kinds of things. And I'd always been interested, even as a lawyer, of finding the root causes of problems rather than just dealing with the symptoms, which is one of the things I think is a problem in our society generally. We, we look at the high level symptoms and we don't get into the deep root causes and fix things at the root. So I started working with a therapist. I started working with coaches in different parts of the world. I started delving into information from all corners of the globe and basically figured out what was the root problem and the root causes of everything that was going wrong in my life changed my life completely transformed it entirely what where i am now i I actually refer to the old me as a different person it's that much of a change and then i got to the point where i thought i'm sure this stuff could help other people because what what i think my skill in life is is bringing lots of information together complex information and then distilling it to people in a way that's easy to understand and i started coaching people all around the world and it had the same effect on their lives, no matter what problem they brought to me, no matter who they were, what gender, what race, what nationality, what religion, it was all the same. We work on this root pro- these root causes of problems and everything else takes care of itself. So my big thing now is getting that information out to as many people as possible. Nice. Well, that is, that is quite a story. What was, what was your root cause problem? Well, what, where I... What it all boiled down to, as I was looking into it, was everything, literally everything starts in childhood. So people can come to me with anything now. As, as you know, most of my clients are over 30 years old, they'll come to me with a drug addiction. And every, what, will, what most people will do is focus on the drug addiction. And what, what I do with the work I, I, I love now is we go right the way back to childhood and we find out 
what happened in childhood and and what where I got to with it was basically childhood for all of us is traumatic. We we're all it's very easy for us to see when someone has had. A, the, the, you'll see them. Your listener might have heard of this. There's people in the literature talk about capital T and small t traumas. So when we talk about trauma, we tend to talk about capital T trauma. So on a scale of zero to ten, it would be ten out of ten, nine out of ten. Things like people who've been sexually abused as children, assaulted, raised by drug addicts. Whenever we see kids who've had upbringings like that and have problems later in life, it makes sense to us. Something I realised as I was going through all of this was that. Childhood is a traumatic experience for every child. And an ex- example I always give is, the, the problem is we look at childhood through the eyes of adults, not through the eyes of children. So as an adult, if you drop an ice cream on the floor, it's just an ice cream. You know, you can just buy another ice cream. So a two-year, if you ever, if you ever seen a two-year-old child drop an ice cream on the floor and break down into, <laughs> and then that's it, everyone who's had kids or seen a kid always laughs at this because their reaction to that is like you or I losing our house. And my, I mentioned this to my dad a few a few months ago, and he said to me, yeah, but I get that. But if, you know, when you dropped your ice cream when we were a kid, when you were a kid, we would just say to you, I'll just buy you another ice cream. And I said, and that's where the problem is, Dad. I went, just picture this. You come home from a hard day's work one day, and your house isn't there. How traumatic would that be? Right. And he said, yeah, really traumatic. I said, what if I just walked up behind you, put my hand on your back, said, don't worry about it, I'll buy you another house. <laughs> is everything going to be okay, Dad? No. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and this is the thing. So when you go into that, you go, ah, actually, we all experience trauma as kids. What that trauma leads to in our childhood is us to adapt and to create all of these adaptations, different personalities, different elements of our own character that then follows us right the way through life. So there's two things that link. One is trauma as childhood. And the thing that leads to is low self-worth, low self-esteem, an overriding feeling that we're not good enough. And if you take, you can come to me with any problem and I can show you how it traces back to trauma in your childhood and the overwhelming fear or overriding feeling that you do not feel good enough. And that's on a scale. So people... One of the problems in life is we talk about things in black or white terms most of the time. And I always say to people, come away from that thinking. So this is on a scale of zero to 100. So when we talk about capital T trauma, you know, that's people who have been really seriously traumatized as a child. Well, guess what? That never happened to me. I used to read all these books and think, well, that wasn't me. I had, I had a lovely childhood from the outside. Well, looking in, it's a dream childhood. I had lovely parents, lived in a lovely place, went on holiday every year, had everything I needed. And yet still I had problems later in life. And this is where this all ties in then. And as you speak to people who have had relatively normal childhoods, this resonates with them because it's like, yeah, actually, I still struggle. And one of the things I'll think is, but I've had a lovely upbringing, so why do I still have these problems? It's it's fascinating. I I would... I've been thinking a little bit about this lately um, because I do get the opportunity to speak with people who have had capital T trauma. Like their life story is is crazy. Like terrible things have happened to them. And then I think about me, and I'm a person that did have a, a relatively normal upbringing. I thought, well, you know, who am I to to even explore these things? It's selfish. It's indulgent. And I imagine that that other people that that kind of thinking maybe stops them from exploring this precisely yeah precisely and and that's why show it walking people through the steps when i decided to write the book to get this out it forced me to put this into a 
a sensible order to walk people through it step by step. And when you can really take people back and show them how this works, the ice cream story is a good one that clicks with people. Mm-hmm. When you can start looking at life like that, it's like, yeah, actually. And when you look at it on a, on a scale, it helps because, yeah, someone who experiences, if you do it scaled 0 to 10, 0 to 100, someone's 10 out of 10 trauma, trauma 100 out of 100 trauma, yeah, that's, you know, they might be drug, drug addicts now, they might be murderers, there could be anything going on in their life. Well, maybe you experienced trauma that was 3 out of 10 on the scale, 30 out of 100 on the scale, and maybe in your life you're not a drug addict, but you've got problems in relationships or you struggle with money or you're addicted to TV or social media and you're experiencing very similar problems, just lower down on the scale. And when you can start talking about it in those terms, it helps people to see that it does apply to everybody. And again, it's not black or white. Interesting, right? Yeah, like it, it is. That's that's a wonderful way to to describe it and sort of reinforce. Listen, you know, even though it is just an ice cream cone or it's something little at that time, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to that person. And the worst thing that ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Uh, and so, just because you don't perceive it to be a ten out of ten, one out of ten is still a a trauma and needs to be and needs to be addressed. For you, it sounds like it took getting to almost rock bottom or maybe you do consider that to be a rock bottom to do this is is that what it takes for people or what and it's probably different for everybody but for people that are just sort of moving along fine they're just not doing awesome how do you think about it so this is a really good good question and a really good point most people I know who make radical changes to their life again I love scaled thinking so you'll hear me talk about zero to 100 a lot of the time i'll often say to people when they before they start working with me during this process just think about your life and think about on a scale of zero to 100 zero being the worst possible life you can imagine and 100 being the best possible life you can imagine don't think about it whatever pops up first what number would you give your life right now and if i'd have asked i didn't know this back when i was struggling but if i'd have asked myself that question back then i was probably five out of 100 wow. and most people i know who have made dramatic changes in their life were at that point so you get to a point in your life where you think i've got no other choice i'm either gonna change or i'm gonna die and that means you do it what i see a lot of is people who are floating somewhere between 30 and 70 and what that leads to is an unfulfilling life where sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not but you never really feel like you reach where you want to reach and it never gets so bad that it forces you to change and this work can help those people as well because we can say okay well what number popped up for the person listening for you what number popped up well let's say it was 60 well okay this work can help you go from 60 to 90 if you're 80 even it's like okay what's keeping you stuck at 80 What's stopping you going from 80 to 100? And we can do it step by step. So it doesn't need to be, and this is why it applies to everybody, it doesn't need to be your life's in chaos and you have to, you know, you've got no choice but to change. It can be, there are things holding me back. I feel like there's something missing from my life. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not quite satisfied in my relationship. I'm not quite satisfied with my job. My kids, I feel like there's something missing. Whatever it is, we can then shift and we can figure out what it is that's stopping that and holding you back and move you further up that scale. Which I think is is in, in 
invaluable exercise. I think that if you're at 90, this is an exercise that is worth going through. And it's an exercise that, that I am I'm constantly trying to, and it's not because I'm discontent. I think that that's sort of what I wanted to get to. I'm, 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 I'm extremely content with, with my family and my life and the work that I'm doing, but that doesn't mean that, that, that I, I, I can't be doing better. But if I am at 60 and the idea of getting to 80, if I'm at five, like you were, and the idea of getting to 10, 20, 60, right? That, 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 that I think I imagine that, that that would sound amazing. As people are engaging in this process, what 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 can they expect? Uh, and is it so painful that that it stops people from doing it? I suppose that depends too. Yeah, it, de- it depends. Is 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 the true answer really? It, I've seen people transform their life in a matter of weeks without going through a huge amount of pain. And I've three, seen people like for me, it took a lot longer. It, it, it's and and as well, it's always worth saying it's an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. This is I always give people the analogy of going to the gym. Because when we start talking about this work, this work, even for people who are involved in it, it's all still relatively new in the world we live in now. Every psychology and, and mental health is obviously a big thing. I focus a lot on emotional health and well-being, which is not something people talk about often. For me, that underpins everything else. And we don't talk because we don't talk about that very much. It's a bit alien to people. So I always bring it back to a more common thing, which is physical training. It depends on what condition you're in. It depends on your attitude to it. It depends on how your body reacts. But if you came to me and I was a personal trainer, I'd be saying to you, right, well, I can help you get from here to here fitness-wise. And then if you want to stay fit for the rest of your life, you need to keep doing these exercises for the rest of your life. And it's no different with this stuff. So it can don't get me wrong. Something I, I actually don't like is people will ask me if I'm a life coach. And the story, something I talk a lot about is the stories we tell ourselves. The story I tell myself about general life coaches is a lot of it is very happy and positive. And you tell yourself you love yourself in the mirror. <laughs> that is not what this work is. This work is we really get into the darkness. We really get into the weeds. We figure out who we really are as people. And we see ourselves for who we really are because one of the things we realize, tra- trauma from when we were children, is being taught that a part of us is not acceptable. And that part is usually the darker part, the jealous part, the angry part, the sad part, the depressed part. But these are all valid valid parts of us. So one of the things we go into is let's see that for the first time. Rather than repress it, which is what we've been taught to do, we face it. We look at ourselves in the mirror for who we truly are We learn to love every aspect of who we are, including the darkness, which is completely different to the, you know, life coaching, tell yourself you love yourself. Because the the tell yourself you love yourself in the mirror thing comes from a place of, I'm telling the bits I already like that I love myself. Well, that's easy. Anyone can do that. There's a, and don't get me wrong, it works for some people. And something I often say is if it works for you, do it. If standing on your head in a bucket in your garden works for you, (laughs) do it. That's my approach to life. But for most people, if that sort of thing doesn't work, because this is the problem, your subconscious has got a mind of its own. So if you're saying to yourself consciously in the mirror, I love myself, I love myself, and your subconscious is saying, "Mm, I don't think we do though, because remember when you thought this about somebody last week, and remember when we did this and we didn't tell anybody and that was bad, this is the part of ourselves we're repressing and we're ashamed of. So this work is quite dark in that it gets into that. But what that allows then is to release all of this stuff. And actually, when you come out the other side, it's much better. It ties into lots of old mythology stuff and 
the, the Joseph Campbell quote, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. That's, that sums up this type of work. We go into the darkness to find all of the treasure. Amen. There's a reason that uh, the people and human beings, it's all, it's a superhuman thing to do is just to want to take a pill and to make the thing go away or to take a weight loss pill or to, to do affirmations. And again, if that works then that's awesome, but for anything meaningful and substantive to actually get down to the root cause of the problems that's stopping you from living the life that you want, I couldn't agree more. And yes, you have to go into the, the cave that, that the fear holds in order to get what you want. So I think that's really well said right there. Well, I, I, I've, I've never been to the UK. My, uh, my suspicion, my thinking is that it's maybe people are less open to talking about mental health and this kind of stuff than, than in the United States. Is, is, do you think that that's true? Absolutely. And that may, <laughs> that may be stereotypically, but even in my personal experience, yes, that's true. It's British. I try and stay away from stereotypes, but they exist sure. for a reason. You know, I, I often say, someone said to me a few months ago, I was chatting about something, said, well, they said, well, you know what Americans are like? And mm. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> you mean awesome. all three million of them? <laughs> I've met lots of Americans, they're all very different. And it's the same with British people, but we have these stereotypes, don't we? And some of them are based on reality. So, um, yeah, Brits, generally speaking, can be quite reserved and don't like talking about this sort of stuff. And we have a lot. This, uh, this applies in places like you're from as well i'm sure very like manly cities you know especially for the for the men of the world My, i'm from liverpool but it's a very manly city mm-hmm. we do not talk about emotions we do not get into this sort of stuff we bury things we get on with things we're very stoic and that has been passed down through generations i always say this is not anybody's fault this is not your parents fault this is not their parents fault this has been passed down through generations of training so we have to get into it very gently and yeah, it's it's not something I expect to change overnight in society. But there are everywhere you turn, there are people who are interested in this. So there is hope. Thousand percent. That's the people who are listening to the show today. I I certainly imagine. So I like it. Well, Paul, the people are ready for that difference making tip. What do you have for them? Well, it's. I mean, it's it's the, the book I've written is is. <laughs> I didn't realize I was creating a monster when I did, but it's 600 pages long. So it's difficult to sum it all up in a short tip. What I would say is something I talk about a lot is magic tricks. So if you, if you look at the world and you realize most of what you see is an illusion and it's an illusion because it's a manifestation, whatever problem you face in your life is a manifestation of things that happened decades ago. And what we tend to do is get really hung up and stuck on the thing itself. So an example I've given in the past is in, in a relationship in my, I'm divorced now, but in my old ex-marriage, I used to always argue with my ex-wife about how tidy the table was. And in my mind back then, that's what the issue was. I was tidy. She wasn't. When I unwound that story through doing this work, it just, that was just the manifestation of decades old trauma and issues. And we could have had that conversation. My mum and dad have just had their 50th wedding anniversary. And my sister and I often joke that they're still having the same arguments on repeat that they've been having for 50 years. Those arguments, now I do what I do, I can see those arguments aren't about what they think they're about. So the the big key in, in all of this is go back, stop focusing on the symptoms, stop focusing on whatever the manifestation is now, and go right back to the root. 
and figure out what it is that's causing you to have problems in your life now that came from back when you were a kid. Well, I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Paul, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? And where, where can they get a copy of How to Solve Any Problem in Life? So the best place to go, I, I like to, my mission is to get this out to as many people as possible for as low a cost as possible. So I actually give away the first four chapters of the book completely for free, no strings attached. So if you go to my website, which is paul7cope.com forward slash free chapters, you can download the first four chapters of the book, either in written or audio form, completely free, have a read, see if you like it. If you do, you can get the book or you can follow me on YouTube or any of the social media platforms at Paul7Cope. And all of the information on there will always be free. The book will be low cost, $20, something like that. It's just about to be published on Amazon. Um, and that's the best place to go. As I say, the book is packed full of stuff. It walks you basically through everything I would do if I was coaching you one-on-one. It takes you through the entire process, it, full of exercises, things to actually do to get yourself in shape. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Paul your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to paul7cope.com. Paul, is that the number seven or seven spelled out? The number seven, yes. So it's P-A-U-L, the number seven, C-O-P-E.com. Pick up the first four chapters. Check out Paul's um, YouTube channel. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Paul. Thanks for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together.